If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. I'm Josie. If you don't already know that, well, welcome and where the hell have you been? Today we have repeat offender Abby with us, dog <laughs> lover extraordinaire, and squishmallow addict. Welcome to the pod. Welcome back, Abby. <laughs> That's my favorite way to be introduced. Good. I love it. The squishmallows I haven't gotten into, um, mostly because I feel suffocated by stuffed animals. <laughs> I, that's how I want to die, actually. Oh, oh suffocated oh, by stuffed animals. So I mean, how I'm big just, do the squishmallows get? Um, they're like some of them are like twenty-four inches, which I have little to no spatial intelligence. So for me, that I don't know how to like visually represent that to you, but freaking right. huge. I love <clears> it. But cute. Well, today, um. You might need one to cuddle while we talk about this. For I have one. I'm, I came prepared. <laughs> because we are talking about something that we have in common, which is uh, we're both mentally ill. Um, me, probably more so than you. I'm a little bit of a hot mess. <laughs> I don't know. But outside of that, I mean, who amongst us is not mentally ill, right? But we grew up in church spaces that told us to pray it all away it's magical the faith how that works journey yeah totally um it never worked for me abby i don't know about you but i'm still fucking depressed (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so um i ended up having to pray to the pharmaceutical gods to get that fixed amen and you know we out here yeah still trying and it's it's really um much better than it was when I was a kid, you know? I'm a little bit less depressed thanks to the pharmaceutical gods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, Zoloft. You're a pal. Amen. Well, tell us a little bit about your experience. Um, 
I have always been a very anxious person. Um, I know some people, like, there had to have been, like, some originating disaster, which, I mean, that happened, but I was also just born like this. Yeah. Um, and um, I, like, would be the kind of person that had, like, really bad separation anxiety, so, like, and I'm also kind of agoraphobic, so people is just, like, a nightmare. Mm. So school was interesting. Um, But on top of that, I mean, I also have borderline personality disorder and depression. Mm. So, I mean, those are things that people don't really like talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's my life. And I didn't really think anything of it until, I mean, I obviously knew it was an issue I was working with. Um until I got saved and started going to church and Mm -hmm. tried talking about it. Um, And it was just kind of like, as soon as you bring it up, like, oh, I have depression and sometimes I'm really sad. And they'd just be like, oh, no. Like, (laughs) we mustn't mustn't talk about that. Yeah, you can't claim that. You can't, don't say it. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) You don't. We don't speak that over ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's amazing how that, you know, just instantly makes it go away, you know, when you do that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was always very, like, why are you sad? Like, because, I mean, you go to church. I got saved when I was, like, 13 or 14, started going to church, a Pentecostal church, the assemblies of God. Oh, the good so old AG. I kind of mm. just, you know, thrown into the fire, literally. Um, and I mean, every other worship song we sing is all about like the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you're telling people, oh, well, I am just sad a lot. And sometimes I just, don't want to exist anymore um that just doesn't compute or they'll be like oh yeah i had depression once and and then just you know, once then just i prayed once. about it <laughs> yeah and that's my like fine. least favorite thing that people say it's like oh yeah i was depressed <clears throat> at one time and i was like mm, you were sad excessively <laughs> sure there's a difference yes <laughs> Your mom died. That's normal to be sad. Yes. But I'm talking about just not wanting to exist anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole, like, naming your sickness. Like, and even within the church that I grew up in, even if you had a cold and you were like, oh, well, I have a cold or I have this respiratory infection, they'd be like, well, don't speak it aloud. It gives it power. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I feel like, you know, even if it's like a cold or something, like, that's not how that works, actually. Also, how am I supposed to tell you how to fix me? I can't say it. I mean, we're just supposed to pray, Josie, and then it magically goes away. Yeah, it never fucking worked. You know? Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Yeah, that, just because you don't acknowledge it. And also, 
not talking about depression is literally the worst Mm -hmm. thing you could possibly do for it. That, I would argue, gives it significantly more power than if you were to, you know, not invoke its name. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, the depression goblin is going to come steal your children, you know, because I'm sad. depression goblin oh that's exactly how i visualize depression too just like a little thing it is it's just a little it's a gremlin hiding in the corner waiting to get you Mm -hmm. any minor inconvenience how did you deal with that like what i honestly uh for a time i just stopped talking about it like i was still on medication and heaven forbid i brought that up um but I just stopped talking about it. And it was difficult because, I mean, I was going to church and, I mean, I was in youth group. So church was like a big part of my life. But I mm-hmm. felt like there was also a big part of my life that I just couldn't share with them, mm. um, which made me feel really alienated. Um, so, I mean, it's almost like I was lying to myself a little bit. Just, you know oh, I'm fine, I have Jesus, you know, and Zoloft, so I don't need to talk about my depression with anybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just ignored it, which, I mean, let me tell you, it did not work. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, (laughs) funny how that works. Um, And then it wasn't until I moved out and, well, also when I left home and moved to where I live now, I was like 21. And so I left the church that I had grown up in, which was like a big deal for me. Um, I had decided then that I was just going to be so faithful that I would just go off my meds. Oh my God. So I'm so mad at you right now. (laughs) I know (laughs) me too. (laughs) So I, uh, yeah, for, I wouldn't say about like four years didn't take anything and oh my god it was a nightmare because that was like the first three years of my marriage like I had just moved to a new place and I mean I was also a part of a Pentecostal church when I first moved here mm. um and I felt like I couldn't talk about it there either because they were like oh well you're anxious well you're just not trusting the Lord enough oh um, yeah and it wasn't until I finally just had like a major mental health breakdown. I just, have you ever dealt with intrusive thoughts? Ooh, those are my bread and butter, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're just sitting there and like washing the dishes and your brain is like, what if you took this fork and mm-hmm. offed yourself mm-hmm. with it? And you're like, you know what? That's a horrible idea. Yep. Um. So that was what I was dealing with at the time. And I finally just broke down and sat down with my husband and was like, listen, um, this isn't working. This is dangerous and I need help. Mm. Um, and it ended up to, I think it was like a Friday and like, I needed immediate help mm-hmm. and I couldn't get in to see my doctor. So I ended up actually having to go like inpatient yeah um and I just like didn't tell people 
mm. after that happened. Um, like obviously like people at work knew and my family knew, but like, I wasn't going to tell people at my church that. Yeah. Um, when you would have been just, ostracized. Yeah. And all they saw was that I got better. So yeah. for them, they're like, wow, her walk with the Lord is like really going well. Mm. Pharmaceutical and, gods. Amen. <laughs> and it, it was just weird. Cause I was like lay, laying there in my hospital bed and I'm like, what does this say about God mm. if I'm sitting here because I didn't want to be alive anymore and I wanted to do it myself? Mm. That was a very isolating feeling and it felt so wrong to think that way, but literally what whatever way was I supposed to think about that? Like I had been taught for the longest time that if you just pray and read your Bible, and trust God that you're not going to feel this way anymore and you do those things and it doesn't work and it doesn't work <laughs> and you fail fantastically mm. Mm -hmm. um it was rough yeah. like I felt like a leper <laughs> a leper <laughs> and I mean honestly yeah, that's kind of the new leprosy, right? Is mental health. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, I, I would say um, in the secular world, people are, are getting a lot better about mm -hmm. it. But in the church, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's something we don't talk about. <laughs> and yep. I mean, that needs to stop because it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make it go away. Yeah, I mean, I remember when my friend, she died by suicide last year, and I was living with her. I did the whole funeral stuff, and... You were living with her? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It, yeah, thanks. Uh, and you know, it's a process. It's been, it's almost a year out now, so I'm a little bit better about it, but uh, all that to say that <laughs> the r most random things kept happening as a result, like my cousin was gonna come live with me and her mom decided to start spreading all this stuff about how my daughter can't live with her because Josie is bipolar and she's crazy and there's demons in the house and, and it's how obviously she... contagious yes exactly and I was like well first of all um I have a lot of things but I don't have bipolar disorder and even if I did like the why is that and all of this was just yeah. simply because I was been always been honest about my mental health journey for the sake of, you know, normalizing it. Just like you we're depressed, we're anxious, but we're working through it. Because yeah, that isolation is so debilitating and it kills people, quite literally. It the isolation it does. Yeah. Yeah. And like all that to say, I mean, my family's Mexican, so they're a few decades behind on mental health, unfortunately in their circles anyway and it was just like a wake-up call to oh i forgot that i have been in my liberal bubble for so long that i forgot to remember that people are just going to talk shit especially when they're in the church especially mm -hmm. when they claim to love god and all this stuff they're going to say oh well she's not good enough because she's sick which is wild to me like, if I had bipolar disorder, which I know and love 
many people with bipolar disorder and it's not it's not a chore it's not weird it's just, i mean it just they just have that and that's it it's just yeah i can't handle it quite frankly i get mad but i'm so sorry you went through that abby that is a terrible experience it was yeah it was rough for sure but i mean i'm glad you and went I mean, to the hospital as much as there's stigma behind it that was probably the best option right like it was a friday night you needed meds you needed them now it, it was definitely the definition of an emergency and i'm so grateful that places like that exist mm -hmm. um that there are resources like that out mm -hmm. there um i feel like people look at um being institutionalized or going inpatient as i mean if anybody's seen the movie girl interrupted mm. you know like everybody's strapped to their beds and, and wearing yeah. straight jackets and crazy and it's literally just a bunch of people who don't want to feel how they're feeling and you just kind of all sit down and it's like a support group because mm -hmm. everybody's suffering and you just you don't think about that when it's just you. Yeah. And honestly, it was kind of nice to be around people that do get it. Yeah. And honestly, if anybody is out there and is considering uh, suicide, hurting themselves or anything, I would really encourage them to find a resource like that. I mean, it doesn't have to be inpatient. There's outpatient services as well but um it's scary the first time you do it i'm not gonna lie um because a it's a new experience and b your mental health is really in the hands of the people running that place mm. and it's at that point it feels like it's your last option so mm. that is just a terrifying feeling in general but it's like they talk about coping skills in there which i was like coping skills what are those because i've been just yeah. eating my feelings <laughs> same and i mean instead of just saying oh coping skills oh you pray they were like well what do you like to do do you like to paint because if you feel anxious maybe you could paint maybe you could read and it's all these like constructive tools that they give you and then you can take that and apply that in the real world. And it's it's not the ideal situation for a lot of people, but it does help. Yeah. I mean, growing up when I was a kid, I went to therapy starting at around seven. And most of my therapy as a kid was controlling those intrusive thoughts through cognitive behavioral therapy, which I guess is having a bad rap nowadays. I don't know what's going on correct me anybody or whatever but i don't i mean it's it's old-fashioned in the fact that it's been around for a while but yeah. i feel like people are learning that it's not it's just like anything else it's not universal for everybody like some people right. it, it really helps some people it doesn't yeah um, and for me it really helped me be able to take my mind captive as the christians say <laughs> just to be able to like shoo thoughts away as much as possible and to be able to kind of reframe my mind into okay like with anxiety they don't hate you if they're not paying attention to you maybe they just forgot you were here or whatever you know like yeah. 
thinking through the next step, the next step. Like, you're not crazy, but maybe we can act a little bit differently. <laughs> maybe going to McDonald's and then eating everything you ordered in the parking lot is not what you should be doing. Why did you call me out like that? I fucking love McDonald's and eating it in the car in the parking lot. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> Which is how I came up with that example. That is exactly my advice. <laughs> Those fries are delicious. <laughs> God, the, sometimes the fries just, they heal your soul, Josie. And I'm not even here to tell you that it's not. So, t- yeah, I'll just roll up. I'll be driving by and I'm sad in my car and I'll see that fucking drive through and I'll think I need the largest fry they have. And I'll just order a fucking large order of fries. French fries understand. Yep. French fries don't ask questions. Exactly. But yeah, and I mean, I think CBT is good for kids. Uh, I don't do it anymore. I mean, I don't even know if anybody would tell you what they do. <clears throat> I'm in marriage, technically I'm in marriage counseling, but it's like family therapy. We like have individual therapy together with a therapist. I don't know what, my partner and I are a little bit convoluted, but I think it's EFT, emotionally focused therapy. My therapist is oh. very cool. She's very like, I'm going to, I'm going to say this because it really pisses me off, but it's really sweet. She's like very nice. And I'll like make a joke, I'll crack a joke about something. She'll be like, I know you're laughing, but that's not very funny, is it? And I was like, oh, what the fuck, Sherry? <laughs> Please quit using humor to hide your pain. Exactly. But she won't ever say that to me and I know that's what she's doing. And she she thinks it's hilarious because my partner and I are like advocates and like do our own little research about mental health and like really think through the thing or whatever. And she's like, I know you guys know what I'm going to say. Or I know that you guys know this, but let me remind you. And I was like, Sherry! <laughs> She's phenomenal, though. Uh, highly recommend therapy. Which is another thing that is stigmatized in the church. Let's talk about that. Therapy. Um, and sadly, a lot of the church's uh, idea of therapy is sitting down and talking to your pastor. Who has no clinical psychology training. Great. Perfect. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, in a lot of like I uh, I think I was like 19 and I sat down with my youth pastor and I told him I'm really depressed like I'm really struggling and he um, told me it was uh, due to lack of direction in my life so he had to be a pamphlet for a Christian college ah. he was like go get a degree and I was like okay ah. but yeah uh, I feel like if you if you're looking at therapy as something that is like this big like voodoo like oh no if we acknowledge we're sad like the devil man in a business suit you know mm. and you're like i have big feelings how is that supposed to help you yeah 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 i get very frustrated because oftentimes and i mean i'm not a, i'm not saying you can't go to your pastor right your pastor should be like a, a trusted person Absolutely. that you can then get resources from but that's that's the point right like they should say oh you need therapy let's get you therapy you can't afford therapy let's give you the money to go to therapy or whatever right like 
there should be this there should be a point of connection and for like smaller stuff that's not life threatening or whatever like yes maybe they can counsel you through like preliminary stages of marriage or preliminary stages of grief or whatever but for the big things we should be really talking to professionals friends and i know that's a point of contention because <coughs> ah, excuse me i choked on my spit like an idiot oh no <laughs> <laughs> i do that constantly let me tell you during covid it was a real problem i <laughs> in the communities where people of color and marginalized people yes we don't have always have money <clears throat> for therapy but that should be the church's fucking job all right and if your church does not have a therapy fund let's figure that shit out okay that should honestly absolutely be a thing exactly and it should be the same with like emergency medical funds and i mean a lot of churches are good about that kind of stuff but i mean the government's not helping us out friends quite yet so let's let's get this shit rolling yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're on your own kids yeah it's a when I started paying for my own fucking insurance, let me tell you, I, my daddy had wow. great union insurance. We didn't pay, I didn't pay for MRIs, for x-rays, for ambulances. I didn't pay for shit. If I went to the emergency room, it was a $30 copay and nothing more. And now I have to like. Now you have to pick and choose. You're like, I'm not yep. really dying, right? Exactly. Like I had a neck injury a few weeks ago and I was pretty sure that it was fine. Like me, I like just like tweaked it and I couldn't move it side to side but you know that kind of happens sometimes and so I was like my partner was at work and I was messaging him and I was just like what should I do and he was prepared to take me to urgent care after work and then as I was waiting there I was like fuck this so I painfully drove to CVS I bought myself a neck brace and said this is probably what they're gonna do anyway right I'll fix it myself (laughs) And then my partner, who's very frugal, but like in certain cases is like, get your, get, get your shit together. Because when you're Mexican or poor, when you're Mexican or poor, um, you're just like, I can't go to the doctor. That's just expensive. But if I was I'm dying, I'll go. But I think I can live with this. Exactly. Like all the white people that go to the doctor when they get a flu and I'm like, bitch, sit down. <laughs> Drink some orange juice. You'll be fine. Exactly. Exactly. Get some Zycam up in your business. Oh, my gosh. I do recommend Zycam for everything from a cold to a flu, by the way. That shit works. Um, And my partner's a chemist, so he knows. And he's the one that introduced me to that. So do that. Hashtag Great. not sponsored. Not sponsored, but Zycam. No, I don't want a pharmaceutical sponsorship, actually. <laughs> but Zycam. Hit Josie up. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I need money um did you have uh so you went to college right you did go and go to a bible college um i did not i actually went to two years of community college with the intention of transferring to a bible Uh, right that's what it was and then i uh just stopped going to school because i realized i hate school so god bless you (laughs) this is what people need to realize is that if you don't like school don't go to fucking school (laughs) it's so much money if you if if you don't like it you're not gonna do well yeah so much money just just don't and if you want a well-paying job there's always trade school if you want to suffer a little bit less you know just get it for real get it done yeah trades that's where it's at i know today on tiktok i saw these 
electrician apprentices apprentices like talking about their salaries and they were older guys who like this was their second career they're talking about how much money they make while they're training and then that they're gonna make a hundred K starting when they get fully licensed and I was like, What the fuck am I doing with my life? Why am I not an electrician? <laughs> Instead of a podcast. Have, have an interest in electricity. Yeah, I don't. That sounds scary actually. No, I I am honestly I was cleaning my stove today and you could not convince me as to coil stove, but I was not I'm about to electrocute myself when I had to like move stuff out of the way to clean. So oh, no. I can't mm-hmm. even imagine if that was my full-time job. Nope, and, nope. Uh, yeah, and as a segue, that is a symptom of mental health. Um, <laughs> having intrusive <laughs> thoughts. Like, Anxiety about yeah. everything. Like the garbage disposal. Oh my god, I will not stick my hand down there for anything. I'll be like, Ryan, go here. <laughs> it's gonna chop up my hand. I just, I just run the water and then and then run the garbage disposal for as long as it yep. takes. I'm like, I don't care if I'm running this water for a half an hour. I will not be putting my hand in that sink. Yep, yep. That uh, It'll anxiety. work itself out. Exactly. It'll work itself out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um. Did anybody ever pray over you for your mental health? Were you? Did you have that lovely traumatic experience? Yes. Oh, no. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> It gets worse. Um, yeah, because uh, we had like moved around to a couple different churches, and uh, this was the last like Pentecostal church we ever went to. Mm. Was this one? And um, this was at another point in my life. I had not been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder yet. Mm. And for people that don't know what BPD is um it's it's kind of like bipolar but instead of like every few days your personality changes um mine just could switch whenever it wants like Mm -hmm. I could be like really happy and then all of a sudden I'm just really sad for no reason or I'll get really angry to the point where it's like I black out almost Mm. um and that is not really easy to get a diagnosis for because people will label you bipolar and you'll be on the wrong meds for forever. So at that point, before I was diagnosed um, and before I was on the meds I'm on now, um, was a really hard time um, because, again, I was having all those big feelings and the medicine I was on wasn't really helping. And so I was... Once again, like I went inpatient and I was at this church and like the first time I went inpatient, they were like, they prayed over me, like via my husband, like they laid hands on him because I oh, wasn't yeah. there That'll work. and like <laughs> they like, like they messaged the pastor and the pastor was like church wide, like prayer thing, like Abby's really dealing with this. So like the first time that happened, everybody was was great but then even if they don't mean to they expect now that they prayed and now that you've gotten help you're all better now Mm -hmm. um and that's just not realistic Mm. um because i mean when you when you 
go on uh, antidepressants, anxiety meds, whatever, mood stabilizers. It takes a while to get like your right concoction that works for you. Yep. Um, so I wasn't like okay and stable for a while. So mm-hmm. I had a friend at the church I was going to that I looked up to. Um, she was like old enough to be my mom, but I talked to her about a lot of stuff. Um, and it wasn't until I started having these issues and she started, like, she would take me to the front to pray for me. I don't know if you've ever had somebody do that, but it's like, oh, mm-hmm. something must be really wrong with me, you know? They they go and lay hands on you, and they start praying, and it's like they feel like it's their burden, job, whatever, to pray hard enough that it fixes you, mm. and then and then they're just kind of waiting expectantly. And yeah. when that doesn't work, it's like, you're not even trying, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's like the vibe is I prayed really hard and then you're not better. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's like the worst <clears throat> part of it for me is that growing up multiple times, they would have, they would want to pray for my mental health. And I always refused because I was always like, I was a really oh my god I was so I was such a weird kid now that I'm thinking about it because I left my parents church when I was like 13 or 14 and I remember oh, wow. specifically telling yeah I was a goddamn lunatic I remember telling people when they would want to pray for me and my mental health and I was like um well Jesus didn't say that we were not called to suffer we all have our burdens to bear and this is just mine <laughs> so I would let him pray for me that's so like deep but also really accurate and scary for like a 13 or 14 year old yeah! oh say my God. that i forget very that i was Wednesday little yeah. oh my god no wonder they stopped asking they must have just been like this is a goddamn lunatic child what is wrong with her i mean this is who she is as a person i don't yeah. think we can help her my um i'm still in contact with a lot of my teachers from high school and a lot of them were like, yeah, I remember you when you were a freshman, talk, like reading Machiavelli's The Prince and telling us that this is like your second or third time you've read it in a few years. And it was kind of scary. And I was like, oh. That moment when you realize you're not normal. <laughs> you're crazy. I was crazy. But like, I mean, they eventually they kept trying for other stuff. Like when I had a torn ACL and I was going to go in for knee surgery, which was free, by the way, with my dad's union insurance, as I mentioned before. They were like, so it's not like a poverty. Exactly. It's not like they were like, oh, you can't afford this. So we got to pray this away. They were just like, can we pray for its healing? And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and go with the miracle of modern medicine. Thank you very much. It's a routine surgery. This guy does it all day. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Yeah, they pray, and then you're like, okay, cool, I'm just going to cancel the surgery, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everything's better now. But so many times, it's just, yeah, they, they're they like, it's my job to heal you, but it's your job to be healed. In a sense that, like, you, yes. if you're not healed, it's not their fault, it's not God's fault, it's your fault for not believing enough, for not having enough yeah. faith for doing something bad for being a sinner or whatever you know like it's always going to be your fault no matter what yeah i had 
uh, one of my uh, friends that went to that church, the last Pentecostal church I went to, um, I finally just made like a Facebook post because I was tired of um, hiding. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just wanted to finally get it out there and be like, hey, I was diagnosed with this. This is what I've been dealing with this year. Um, I'm just having a hard time. I'm honestly questioning my faith a lot during this time. Um, and I was just real about it because I was just tired of it being this giant soul-sucking secret. Mm-hmm. And she took me aside and she was like, hey, I just want you to know that um, when I was in high school, um, I was bipolar, but I just want you to know that everything's going to be okay because the Lord healed me and he will heal you too. And it's like, am I not allowed to <laughs> to be this? Like, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, it's uh It's so cringy. It's I so know. cringy. I and know. entitled and rude. Yeah. I had a lot of feelings. A lot of this came back up when my friend right before my friend did pass cuz she went through 6 months of like a psychosis and I was taking care of her, which is not a burden. Like it was it was fine. She was there. Some people were like, "Oh, we started grieving her when she went crazy and i was like okay well that's a fucked up thing to say uh that's she was so still right there yeah <laughs> and i was like okay um, that's like you gave up like yeah. that's yeah and i was like um yeah. i yeah she was like in the real sense of the word she was crazy but she was still kind of fun she was still kind of a blast i mean her mood would switch a little bit but you know it was it was fine um, so still a person exactly you know? and she was my friend and i loved her and I mean, a lot of that is like when you're sick, when you already have mental health issues, you're like, well, I hope somebody does this for me. So let's just keep this track running, right? Let's keep this, this, uh, yeah, hopefully she would do the same or whatever. But I, I remember like thinking back to all the things that I was taught about mental health and religion. Cause when you're in psychosis, you go through these, like, she went through like these really weird, um, what's it called? Like, she wasn't like a spiritual awakening. She was really spiritual. She was hyper spiritual for a while, which was really annoying because she would listen to worship music in the house. And I was like, can you not? I fucking hate this music. <laughs> triggered, actively triggered. <laughs> and she was listening to like newer stuff. And I was like, this sucks. For, like from a musical perspective, I was like, this is stupid. Can you put on some like of the old jams at least? Come on. <laughs> but. Yeah, it was triggering to the because she was like hyper spiritual and very like charismatic about things, and it was fine because I get it. But then like people playing into it with her—that's where it really pissed me off. I was like, "Don't you're gonna traumatize her so much more." Um, when she comes out of this, she's gonna like think back, and it was ugh, I can't handle. But that's part of it, right? Is that you don't when you're hyper spiritual about mental health, you never recognize when the hyper spirituality is a symptom and it's not a good thing yes because i Absolutely. mean a lot of us go through that i mean i've probably done that multiple times i can think of all these times i was hyper spiritual and if i connect the dots that's probably when i was at my lowest point in life yeah i mean because when you're really low you're gonna try and grab on to whatever like you're on a sinking ship you know and you're going to fixate on that. And a lot of times that, I mean, is going to be like Jesus. 
You're like, mm. Jesus can help me. And so you throw everything you have into that. And that's, I mean, I did that too. Yeah. Yeah, I would encourage lots of people to really look at the people that are the most involved in your church, like the ones that all of a sudden are doing everything. They're in the worship band, they're in this, they're at church every day. They're Ask them how they're doing, because we're the ones that are the most fucked up. Let me tell you, I was the most fucked up. <laughs> and, and I know that people say, like, I mean, the church is for hurting people, but also, like, it is, but then you should be helping those people and, and maybe not putting them in charge of like five different ministries. And like, or taking advantage of their mental health at that point. For real. Like, they're people and it's just, it just needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a, uh, somebody in uh, the church we were at posted a Facebook status about how her doctor had tried to diagnose her with depression and was telling her like the science behind it but it was like a chemical imbalance in the brain and she went on this very very long facebook rant about how she doesn't claim that and how the doctor is wrong and then tried to like preach to her doctor Mm, i'm like first of all that's probably not helping your case Mm. second of all that is so dangerous to put out there into the world, mm-hmm. especially if you're like a prominent member in the church. Um, what are these new people going to think if they're coming in when they're like we were when they're hurting and they're really trying to grab onto this mm-hmm. and you're saying that, oh, that's not actually a thing that doesn't yeah. exist. I don't claim that. Yeah. And like, it's one thing to say I'm not gonna make my whole identity about my depression because you really shouldn't, right? That's another bad thing to do, to yeah. make your mental illness your entire identity. But it's another thing to say that science is wrong because you don't not claim cancer, you know? Because then people know for sure that you're fucking crazy. <laughs> people are like, oh well, yeah, you do have cancer. Okay, I'm just not dying. Yeah, yep. That's actually one that my dad. Well, it's not don't claim it but we have a lot of cancer in our family he's like i rebuke that in the name of jesus and i was like well okay well uh stop eating shit too maybe yeah <laughs> maybe help yourself out a little yeah maybe yeah let's uh let's help prevent this process okay um but yeah it's the same thing with brain chemistry right like how is that such a logical misstep for people where they don't think uh your kidneys can fail but your brain can't they're both organs they're both you know fragile we're all so fragile <laughs> we're we are and we're breakable yeah and a lot of these uh like mental health issues a vast majority of them are trauma spectrum disorders mm-hmm. so if you experience any kind of not even just ptsd um like if something like really scary and big happened to you as a kid or you know not even just like one big thing but like prolonged neglect prolonged Mm. like passive aggressive abuse like that changes how you think and how you behave um and they don't take that into account either when Mm. they're saying oh well my my brain is fine there's not a chemical imbalance in my brain but 
there's there's physically no way that every single person at that church has not gone through something big that has affected them mentally yep like congratulations to you if if you're all perfectly fine but Mm -hmm. i highly doubt it yeah for example if i use myself as a case study um because my therapist has been really putting a lot of ideas in my head as my parents say um when I was a kid, I started going to therapy specific for leave for immigration processes. So like I was a little crazy as we all kind of surmise at this by this point. So they put me in therapy to keep us in the country. It worked, whatever, whatever. But a lot of it ended up being like, why is this kid so depressed? Because um, I was diagnosed with depression, and obsessive compulsive disorder pretty soon, like around the age of eight or nine. Um, wow and it was <clears throat> my parents were like oh well she's just putting on an act to get her papers or whatever and i was like okay well i don't know if i was that smart okay like that's giving me a lot of credit and to this day it's not because there's no history of real mental illness in my family i mean mentally ill by my accounts in the sense that they're fucking lunatics but <laughs> Like, not medically diagnosed yes and a lot of them like yeah there's no depression there's not anxiety there's no they're all relatively normal and that's me right like i'm observant i know just there's not a lot of that in my family um but the epigenetics my mom's family has a lot of trauma and then compounded with i had a very abusive childhood so there's that trauma and so part of what fucks me up is I'm like, I don't ever think I'll know if I was born with depression or if my life chemically altered my brain as a child to the point of having depression. And now that I have fibromyalgia, I'm like, oh, so not only did my life give me all of this anxiety, depression, all this stuff, um, I also have fibromyalgia and now my therapist is trying to convince me that I have PTSD, but uh, I think I'm going to rebuke that one in the name of Jesus because I don't want to think about it. Go ahead. You don't need another. I don't need to know. You know, I don't, let's just, I'll deal with each individual situation, but oh my God, please. Should my therapist said that one day and I was like, can you not give me one more thing? I know I'm already crazy. <laughs> I'm already batshit enough, Sherry. All right. Thank you. Please. Thank you. I wonder that too. Like, what was I supposed to mm. be like? You know, mm -hmm. what would I actually be like as a person if like none of this bad shit happened when I was yeah. younger? You know, yeah. And we'll never know. We'll never know. And that's that really fucks me up, honestly, because I'm a I'm a huge control freak. So I'm just like, what the fuck. You fucked up my life, mom. I'm just kidding. I mean, you I'm not. You ruined everything. <laughs> um. Anyways, let's end with a little bit of hope for the friends, and <laughs> not just. And Josie's crazy. The end. Um. I mean, I am, and I love it, and I accept it, and it's beautiful. So am I. Yeah. You know, we out here. It does make life more interesting because all you normies are so boring. I mean, you get all worked up about these little things, and we're just like, ugh. My sense of humor is impeccable, and I would like to thank my trauma. Exactly. Amen. I agree. I concur. Um, yeah, because people that aren't funny, I'm just like, bitch, have you not been through anything in your life? 
Like, you're not funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry your parents were nice to you, but you're really boring to talk to. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. So and if you're boring, God bless you. We love that for you. Um, Congratulations. Honestly. Go do some hard things and then you'll catch up to the humor, I promise. Go yeah. climb a mountain or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Why was that also the first example I came up with? because that's like the one big challenging thing that people like to do when they're mentally healthy it's like i'm gonna just climb that mountain i'm like oh i feel like i would do that as if i'm mentally unhealthy like my brain would be like i can definitely do this like in a manic fugue state oh yeah my partner does it when he's mentally unhealthy because he's trying to convince me that exercise is good for your brain and i'm just not convinced (laughs) I feel like for me, because I, I, I run and I lift weights and stuff. God bless I you. Like, <laughs> thank you. I feel like for me, it's more just like wearing out my body and then I'm, mm. you know, tired. So like my brain doesn't have as many. Yeah. You can't be anxious if you're asleep. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it also like boosts all these other chemicals in your brain that can like mimic other things and blah 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 blah. Right? Exercise. Oh, that's a endorphins. good endorphins. That's a good thing. Yeah, endorphins, whatever that sciencey stuff is. I have a science brain outside of me and my partner, so I don't remember anything science anymore. I'm just like, Ryan, what was <laughs> That's what marriage is all about, friends, having yep. another brain to store things in. This is this is where I store my science information. Yes, yes, yep. Um, exercise is great um and this is not to say that you shouldn't be medicated always medicate um legally and through the help of a certified psychiatrist yeah um another tip don't do xanax ever in your life i don't recommend oh my God, that no. i'm seeing a disaster here in orange county currently with xanax um i've done the ativan specifically not xanax i get it uh i did i only i don't like ativan but i did it during the funeral stuff and i mean yeah that shit was great but <laughs> ativan's good as like a prn like as needed yes um, but like uh xanax is like if you want your coping skill to be just not being conscious mm-hmm. i know somebody's mom is up to eight xanax a day and her doctor says if she quits she'll die so she's stuck on Xanax for the rest of her life. Oh my god. Does she... Is she awake? Uh, she's... Honestly, she's built up quite a tolerance. Because sometimes she's still kind of... Kind of mean. But... <laughs> that's... I mean, it's not good, but that's a talent at this point. Yes, she's... Yeah, I mean... Do what you gotta do, homie, at this point. I mean, you're stuck, but um what else do i have what else do i have exercise no xanax get medicated always be willing to go to the hospital like abby said oh if that's the option go for it don't give a shit about what anybody thinks because those people are not going to be helping you when you're lying there waiting to die exactly think of it as a vacation if that's what gets you there i don't know whatever it's going to be the weirdest vacation you'll ever take. The food's going to be weird. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, the bed's not going to be very comfortable, but you will learn coping skills. Yeah, totally. And they'll get you on drugs pretty fast. So that's also one thing. Um, yeah, they like immediately. Yeah. 
yeah. like the next day you will meet with a psychiatrist mm-hmm. so great option that's like the be- the immediate drugs is the best thing <laughs> um, don't pray it away i mean you could try but no don't try don't do that don't do that at all um the lord if you're still christian the lord has not told you that you're not gonna suffer okay bitch jesus died if you believe that on a fucking cross in the most torturous way so who the fuck do you think you are to not have to suffer okay that's what i tell everybody <laughs> when they tell me not to be depressed uh don't be a dick to other people when they're depressed uh you got anything else happy um man i mean you covered a lot of them. I will. I would also add, um, if you if there's something that makes you happy but you feel dumb enjoying it, uh, mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently, like in the past year, I collect stuffed animals. Mm. Like I said, squishmallows, but also other stuffed animals. Um, like a healing my inner inner child thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, uh they just don't want to tap into that but like if you're in like the arts and crafts section and you see like a bracelet making kit and you're like oh my gosh I would have loved that as a kid that would be so fun Mm -hmm. but I'm an adult and I can't do that now do the fun stuff yep Target has a great section of just little kits for everything like that like let's bedazzle something or let's it has everything do it all the shit I wanted as a fucking kid (laughs) get the puffy paint make a t-shirt yep everything it's i yeah i mean i currently my current vices are the sims i love the sims you can control somebody else's life exactly and crocheting that's all i do and work i have not gotten into crocheting i i i have the supplies i i have the stuff to do it i just am intimidated Oh, well, friends, uh, let, message me on Instagram at Speaking in Church and let me know if you want to start a crocheting Zoom circle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good, but I can teach you the basic stitch. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, and you get, I, I don't make a lot of random stuff, but I do a lot of blankies. Like, I'm really good with rectangles and squares, straight lines. I'm really good at that. So... <laughs> Or uh, I got it. My partner got me a knitting machine for Christmas, like the circle ones. I'll oh, those look beanie. so cool! They are so and they're so easy, and it, it comes out with a pretty knit pattern. And it's just like, wow, I knit a beanie. The machine did it, but nobody has to know that, or everybody can know that because who gives a fuck? It's a beanie. You made a beanie. <laughs> you did. A, you did a thing. It, yeah. Good job. Hobbies are probably my number, yeah, your number one recommendation. Thanks, Abby, for bringing that up. It's literally the best thing. Don't exercise, but play The Sims or w- play video games or uh, whatever or else other read hobbies. Read or oh, yeah, read. go for a walk. Go outside for like five seconds. Get some uh, fresh yeah. air. Get an animal if you can handle it. Um, I have, I'm up to four dogs, so I'm a little crazy with that too. I have two dogs and a cat. This is my first cat. I was not um, prepared in any way for um, (laughs) the way this cat treats me. Is it mean to you? It's not mean to me. She just will look right at me as she's knocking something off my bookshelf. Oh? And that hurts a little. (laughs) 
I know they say cats do that, but I you kind of never believe it until you get a cat. Because I've never had a cat, so I kind of don't believe you that it does that. But I've seen the videos. I, <laughs> I, I'll try and catch it sometime and send it to you. Because, oh my god, I was like, you're kidding. It's just so ridiculous that you think this is not possible. That they're just like, fuck you. <laughs> and then she like comes and cuddles with me. So like maybe my cat has a personality disorder. You know? That sounds like a, yeah. A little bit of an abusive relationship, kitty. Get some help. <laughs> Get a kitty shrink. Oh, that's so cute. A kitty shrink. Halloween costume. Um, that's adorable. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll cure my depression. Amen. Abby, it has been great to have you back on the pod. This is a very important topic that we haven't really delved that deep into. Um, at least not the healing side, because that shit's crazy. And not a lot of evangelicals are Pentecostal anymore, which, I mean... That's a that's a bonus. <laughs> Don't blame them. Don't blame them. But uh, um, do you have anything to plug? Any charities? Any resources? Anything um, like there's. I know there's a like a website online called No Stigmas Ally Group. Mm. Um, and on there they have a uh, a link that gives you like the crisis text line, um, the crisis phone number, if you just want to call, mm -hmm. um, like if you're in a really bad spot, there are resources out there. You can talk to somebody. You don't have to like go to your mom or your parents or whatever. You could call somebody anonymously if that's what works for mm -hmm. you. So, Yes. Uh, the new suicide hotline, I believe is 988, 988. That is now national. So you can dial that from anywhere. Um, and they won't charge you. I know that nobody charges for phone calls anymore, but... <laughs> In the event that you don't have unlimited calls. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you don't, that's... Never mind. I don't know how phones work, actually. I'm on my dad's phone plan, so I shouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> um, friends, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Speaking in Church. Uh, where you can find my tip jar if you want to give me money for this free podcast that you're listening to. Um, we have merch. We have a lot of merch now. I'm working on more. And by working on it, I mean, I think about it sometimes. <laughs> and follow us. And that's it, I think. You can find me at Josie Takes the World. I'm far less interesting. Um, pictures of my dogs, my friends, my crocheting. Um... I do sell beanies on there for super cheap if you want to buy one of my beanies because I have a lot of yarn and my partner says I can't buy more until I get rid of them. So please buy these beanies because there's a lot of good yarn in the store right now that I can't buy. <laughs> um, yeah, as always, stay woke or get woke. Very good stuff. Bye! <laughs>